Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening and welcome to the Rangers Rabble Extra. This evening we're joined by Ross, Stevie and Scott. How are you all doing? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Good, good, guys. Right, just we'll get straight into it. Um, who can tell me the most about Fashion Sakala then? Who wants to jump in there first and tell me how much they know about the guy? I can maybe spell his name at best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'd like to look at it online. He's obviously a 24-year-old Zambian international. Um, obviously very versatile by the looks of it. Can play right wing, left wing and through the middle. Do you think that's the sort of player that we've been needing, Ross? Just somebody that can offer us that versatility in the final third of the pitch? Again, somebody who we can... We play with the three up front. So, see for me, see if we've got people that can interchange through their positions and drag defenders about, then they're exactly what we need. Um said the last couple of pods, maybe Hadji doesn't give us that out on the right. Aribo does. But if you're playing... Uh, if you've got this new guy in, see me... What I've seen of him, obviously, you, you look at the obligatory YouTube videos, and he yeah. seems to like a shot from outside the box as well, which is something that I feel we lack. So, I, as I say, if, you, if you're getting a guy for nothing who's got an international pedigree, then you're, you're not you're not really taking much of a gamble, are you? No, I don't suppose you are, mate, especially at that age, 24. He's only just recently turned 24, so he kind of fits the bill within the kind of criteria that we seem to look for in a kind of free agent almost type player. Coming to you, Stevie, do you think that this guy's obviously kind of renowned for having a lot of pace? Do you think that's something that we've maybe been lacking and you know he's going to add something different, especially in the European games for us? I think that's exactly it. I think uh, maybe an away game in Europe, that's the sort of thing we could really take advantage of and maybe work our game around that, or the tactics around maybe hitting on the break, really, and um, seeing what he can offer us in different aspects of that, whereas maybe other players like Hadji's not as quick and... Obviously, Kent's got a lot of pace and Wright's got a lot of pace. So maybe it's a different sort of... Um, they'll try to build the team a bit more quicker up front and go with it that way. But it'll be exciting to see. I just hope the guy in the uh, when he's in the league is maybe going to... If he's got enough pace, is it going to be able to use that to his advantage in the league? He might struggle because we've seen other players like maybe O'Halloran who was just there for his quickness and just was able to... Was struggling to actually implement that in the league. But... Um, I hope he's got a lot about his game. I was listening to the pod, the guys were on the other night there, and the guy he had on was sounded very excited by him. So instantly got me excited. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's got. And like you are saying, the more options you've got up front and the more different versatile players you've got, it's, it's only a good thing, really. Yeah, I think the interesting thing that you pointed out there is some of the goals that he scored, there's been a lot of space in behind in Belgium where he's managed to get in that space to kill teams and score goals. So, Scott, for you, is that a concern that maybe we don't really see a lot of that in Scotland and that teams don't really play that high line? And that, you know, how is he going to use his pace to exploit the opposition more? Not really, because as Stevie said, they've obviously seen the success of Kent this season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Wrights, when he came in, been quite good. They're both, both two of the only players in our team that's got that burst of acceleration. 
and we've seen them both have successful seasons in their own right. Obviously, right coming in January, they looked sharp, and obviously Kent's been one of our, if not our best player this season. So I'm yeah. not really concerned about the pace. Maybe he'll need to, maybe it'll take six months to a season to adapt to it. But and he's only 24, so hopefully in the long haul we see more of what we've seen from Kent and Wright this season. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. He seems like one of these characters that you know, he's got a bit about him as well. I think when you probably came from Zambia and then went to somewhere like Russia, it's probably a bit of a difference in your lifestyle, I would imagine. And then he's obviously moved on to Belgium, where he's did well at Ostend. And yeah, look, I thought I thought how that guy spoke about him the other night was quite interesting. I'd only seen a bit like what Ross was saying, the brief highlights on YouTube. It was interesting to listen to somebody that's actually watched him over three, six, nine months. And I've got to say, he came across very well. But I suppose the big thing for every supporter is we want to see him in action. We want to see what he can bring to the table. We want to see if he's going to be a starter, if he's going to maybe be an impact player. Um, where do you see him playing, Ross? Do you see him on the right side? Do you think we'll maybe use him as a as an off-the-striker kind of role? Or uh, how do you think we'll use him? I think um, we really lack somebody who's got that kind of predatory instinct. The right. four obviously no got the legs. If this is going to be a guy who can, who's a proven goal scorer, um, the games where Morelos is suspended, or it gives you somebody if Morelos is not performing. Hopefully, somebody that can play right up through the middle. But obviously, if Morelos is is fit and available, which we hope he will be, and we hope he stays, he's going to give you somebody that can play up and about him. Do you know what I mean? That will maybe be more naturally prone to getting in at the back post or the front post from the wide position, whereas Aribo's maybe hangs out at the edge of the box and looks to play passes through. This might be the guy who, when Buff moves out the way, he moves in naturally yeah. into between the middle of the goals to knock, knock get knocked happens in. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I mean, I think when you look at his stats, he obviously has somebody that scores goals. So, Steve, you looking at somebody like Sakala, is he maybe just another option to play through the middle as well as playing wide? Potentially, I think uh, maybe, like you're saying, maybe a week, like a game's away in Europe, but him up in the middle on his own, he can play, play, play a man and go for on the break might be might help. Uh, I think what Scott's saying there about being similar to Kent and right with pace, I think those guys, they're also quite good in tight spaces where Kent can take the ball and he's technically all right. See these guys that come and maybe play for Rangers and they've just got blistering pace, but they're a bit rough around their edges, which this guy might be. He might struggle a wee bit more in those sort of tight spaces and linking up. And if you're up, especially like Morelos, for example, this season, it would be interesting how we evolve, but Morelos' uh, link-up plays really came on this season where he's actually linking up. And if that guy's up front to sell, we really need a bit of a technical player. And he might turn out to be that way. It's hard to tell at the minute, but... If he's not that, I'd maybe expect him more to play in the wings rather than actually up front and linking things up at times. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I really agree with Ross. I, I would love us to get maybe a player this year, maybe what's going on a bit, or like a, a clinical finisher up front as well this season. And I'd love that guy to be him because I think we would, it would, our team would really thrive under with somebody like that. Scott, just coming to you lastly on Fashion Sakala. Is it important with players like this who have obviously never played in Britain before to be patient with them? And he maybe understand that he's, you know, we've got to give him time to settle and get used to how we play. Given that when you look at guys like Scott Wright, who signed at the end of the transfer window, who's played in Scotland, is still getting used to how we play and obviously the system of, you know, football that Gerard plays as well. 
Yeah, 100%. Like, we've seen recently, more recent times, we've seen Barisic take a season to kind of get used to it. We've seen Holanda take six months to a season. Obviously, that injury his first season didn't help. But we've seen a lot of players take time to get used to the physicality and the tempo of, a Scot- of the Scottish game. And I think Sakar's another one. I'd like to see him maybe as a cover for Kent on the left. Don't really have a Kent replacement. Scott Wright's more of a right winger than a left winger. And Ryan Kent played a lot of football this year. And when he was off form, he didn't really have anyone similar to him to come in. So yeah. hopefully Sakala can do that. Right, we'll move on to the kind of next subject. We're looking at what other positions need strengthening in the team. Obviously, we've got a pretty strong 11 in general. We, I think we all agree with that. What other parts of the squad do you think need to be strengthened, Stevie, in particular? Um, well, funny enough, the other day, they're just out of boredom and work. I end up just writing down all the players in each position just to see uh, what we're needing. And uh, I think what we've maybe spoken about before, midfield, I wouldn't mind an yeah. R player coming in. Um, I was looking at it as well. We're really heavy in central, central defenders, maybe back pre-season, like people at Edmondson's in there, so he'll probably go... But I also got a wee bit of a worry about left back, to be honest, with Barisic. Um, I know it's a different tact to what you were asking him maybe there, but uh, if he goes, I would also like to see maybe, I, I'm, I'm a bit worried about if Basic can maybe fill his shoes, to be honest, and he's got enough in the tank for that. So uh, I'd like to see him maybe have a look at left back in case he goes, but midfielders-wise, I think that's really where we'd like to strengthen. I was really encouraged with them looking at, or at least speculation about that Veerman. From, yeah. uh, from Poland, and I know that might be a wee bit out of budget, but it's encouraging that that's maybe the sort of quality we're going for, and I'd like to see, like, a, if we're going for a midfielder, it's a midfielder that can come in and really push for a starting, mm. like a start in the starting team, basically, rather than just supplementing the first the first 11, so that's what I'd like to see, I'd like to just to make sure we've got enough cover and enough quality in, in the back where we left back, and then also maybe a midfielder coming in. Ross, I mean, I think that's a fair point, isn't it, when you talk about Bassey, is Bassey really ever going to be that kind of player that takes over from Barisic? And, like, you know, is he really pushing them enough? When you look at, like, sort of Nathan Patterson is clearly pushing Tavenier. Yep. You know, I know Tav kind of jokingly said he could move up front and play as a striker. But I know, see, he's just like, Nathan's obviously there in the background and he's waiting to take Tav's position. Yeah. I don't really feel that's the same with Calvin Bassey. Do you feel that way as well? I think it's hard to judge him, is it? It's hard to, it's, again, it's a boy who's came from playing left-back for Leicester, yeah. where they're going to get the ball forward to Vardy, uh, and I'd imagine that's the way their, their youth teams would play as well, get the ball forward as quick as possible. Coming to us, where he's expected to essentially play left-wing, do you know what I mean? If you look yeah. at our team, uh, our, our team play as proper wide men look to expect to put crosses and that in. So I'd like to think that Barisic is taking the time the way Tavenier's obviously took the time to kind of nurture own Patterson. I'd like to hope that the, 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 the he shares his experience with the guy. Um, but on your actual question, for me, Stephen Gerrard being our manager, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's got that trait of Stephen Gerrard, somebody that when a game's not each, when a game's not an each, you've got somebody that can take a pop for 30 yards. I feel as if Kamara, uh, Davis, Jack, Arfield, Arfield gives you the runs, obviously, a bit more attacking, but I, I'd like to see somebody that can that can hit a shot for 35 yards and maybe even a deflection or a rebound or something. I feel as if we're very short-shy sometimes uh, in the tighter games 
that could that could really make a difference to us to have that option of somebody having a pop for thirty yards and putting one in the top corner. I know the players don't come cheap, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there must be some out there. Scott, coming to you, when you look at that midfield and you look at the age of like Scott Arfield and Stephen Davis, I know age isn't the be all and end all when you watch how good Stephen Davis is. But is it important now that maybe we're looking at maybe like kind of younger midfield players? who can maybe come in and do that bit of development with a Stephen Davis or a Scott Arfield, and that we then move on in a year's time or potentially maybe a little bit longer, somebody else is ready to step in and take over? Yeah, I feel... I don't know if we'll get Zingu in a permanent, but we might. I, I personally wouldn't, but might get him a permanent. I've seen glimpses of a control room and deals on him from the various minutes, limited minutes he's played. But touch what Stevie said, I would definitely look at getting a defensive midfielder. Because when Ryan Jack's not been in the team, we have lacked a bit of stability in the middle of the park. Like, we've only conceded, I think it's the one or two, I think it's one goal when Ryan Jack's been in the park this season. And that was the last minute equalizer against Hamilton. So right. I feel when Ryan Jack plays, there's a lot more stability in defensive mouse in the team. And I think we need a replacement for him. Because obviously he's getting 28, 29 now. So if we get a defensive midfielder in that, he can train alongside Jack, even Stephen Gerrard, one of the best midfielders in English football history. So yeah. definitely look at Middle Park as top of my shopping list, really, for the summer. Yeah, I suppose the biggest problem that Stevie spoke about earlier on, it's, it's the financial aspect of all these deals. I mean, I think with Veerman, there was kind of reports ranging from 5 million to 8 million. That would suggest that if we were trying to sign somebody of that ilk, he would have to come in and start. So then who drops out the team if we sign this guy? And I think that's always the factor that you take in. I mean, we've been very lucky. Like, Stephen Davis cost us nothing, really. You know, Ryan Jack was a free transfer for Aberdeen. Uh, Glenn Kamara, as everybody knows, £50,000, you know. And then uh, Joe Arrivo cost a couple of hundred grand for Charlton. So we've never really spent that much money on that central midfield. So, no. you know, it'll be interesting to see if we do go out now and try and invest in somebody who, like the management and Ross Wilson and the scouts feel, takes us to that next level. Because I suppose that's the next question I was going to ask. Do we need to look at a different quality of player now because our focus is now on the Champions League? Or is it just a matter of trusting what we've done in the last couple of years and bringing in that same type of player? I'll come to you first, Stevie. Um, for me, I'm always wanting us to improve and go for better and try and bring in a, a player of quality that can push us on to the next level. I think that's always got to be key. And like you're saying, it's a, it's a tricky one and teams have probably fell in this trap before. It's where it's, do you stick or do you twist when you're going into the Champions League qualifications and do you spend your money early in the hope that that'll push you in or do you wait in case you don't go through and you actually uh, don't, wait, don't spend money you don't really have? But I'm hopeful the squad that we've got at the minute can get us through. We've done well in Europe recently, so if we can just bring in another player that's of a quality for the Champions League level, and we're just maybe talking one player, for me, mm. it's all you really need. I think that would be massive for us. It's also t- it's always just building on your success as well, and also yeah. always when you're ambitious and you want to go for more. I think there's probably, probably players leaving in the, this summer, this window as well, so maybe that money can, that can come from that can help us invest as well. It's always that sort of it's a turnover of like selling players for high and bringing in the next one. You can maybe bring a wee bit cheaper and then sell again. So I'd love us to see you go for a quality midfielder and somebody that's going to not just come in in the starting eleven, but also be 
the main player in our team. I'd love to see us do that if we can finance his allowed, basically. Yeah. Ross, just kind of slightly off topic with what Stevie's talking about there. Obviously, in the last kind of couple of seasons, Celtic have basically not bought anybody. You know, granted these Champions League qualifiers and they've ended up kind of falling out. Is that a risk that we can afford to take? Or do you think that we need to go out and add players before the qualification stages? Uh, I think the squad we've got the new could get us through uh, qualifiers. I also think at 36 years of age, um, should Stephen Davis, as great as he's been this season, should he now be, next season should be a transition period for Stephen Davis, where he's kind of plays, he's played many of every game this season. So for me, um, I would like to see spending money on a central midfielder who would come in as a starter, and mm-hmm. Davis and Kamara would share that kind of controlling role. Playing against teams like uh, Hamilton, Ross County, St. Johnson, Aberdeen, do we need two that are going to sit and try and control the midfield? Sometimes I feel as if we could be doing with somebody who's going to be more adventurous, do you know what I mean, and have the one sitting. Um, so for me, it's a big... In answer to your question, the team we've got the new, I believe, could get through two qualifiers. They've proved this year that they can right. they can mix it in Europe. But if you were to go and spend five, eight million on a player who's going to give you that wee bit of driving, maybe that's maybe that's the guy who gives you the goals for midfield as well. Do you know what I mean? Probably Kamara Davis and Jack this season. You'd be lucky if they've scored ten goals between the three of them. Mm-hmm. I think that. That could be a, a way to go next season to look at maybe phasing Davis out and Kamara becomes that kind of holding. Kamara becomes your controlling guy. You've got Jack, who's your cover when right and left back go. So the third guy could then be somebody who can go on and join in the attack and go beyond a kind of yeah. Scott Arfield type role, but a bit better. Yeah. No, I think that's very fair, mate. I, and I totally accept what you're saying. I think it's a very fair point. And I think the thing I was going to ask Scott next is. When well, obviously getting to the Champions League is obviously massive in terms of the financial aspect of it. You know, for instance, if it is the kind of 20, 30 million pounds that you get for making the group stages, is spending say five, six, seven million pounds on two players really that much? Or is that a risk that we can't afford to take knowing that if we don't qualify, we probably then need to sell someone? I don't think it is a risk because from what everything I've read and heard, our financial situation is fine. Go yeah. to Europa League. Get, obviously, we didn't have the obviously didn't have the crowds in this season, which didn't help. But Europa League, even winning the league, you know, last sixteen, Europe, winning, uh, winning games in group stages gets you X amount of money. So I think our financial situation is fine. And if we spend five million pound on a central midfielder, it's not the end of the world. Spent five million on Roof. It's four million on Hadji. Three million on it last summer, and obviously earn more money this season through Europe. So I don't see a problem with spending five, six million pounds on a central midfielder. Well, I think the big thing also we do need to remember as well with some of these deals is we're still paying some of these deals up. You know, like Hagi, I think we spread over like three years. I dare say roofs was spread over a few years, same with Eton. So I suppose fans need to also remember as for all. You know, we might not spend that much money this summer. We're still paying for some of the previous transfers of players that are now at the club. So I suppose it's trying to strike that balance. But clearly there's people a lot smarter than us who, who look at all these things and make these determinations. So 
hopefully in the summer we see a couple more signings, but it's exciting to see that we've announced Bashin Sakala to go with, you know, the young lad for Bournemouth. I don't know if he should say his name because he'll probably destroy it, so I'll leave it for somebody else. But we'll move on to the kind of third and final part of the pod. Steven Gerrard, three years in charge of Rangers. Obviously, we're getting close to that day where we get to lift the trophy. I'll come to you first, Ross. What's been the, the low points? And obviously, I know it's probably a bit daft, but what are the high points out with winning the league title? I remember um, the day Steven Gerrard came to Ibrox the first time and the, the buzz about the place and the excitement I had. I got, took a half shift in my work. I worked in Governor at the time and went along to Ibrox and that it just felt different. Do you know what I mean? It felt different to the Kashina. It felt different to Warburton. It felt as if you had this global icon and automatically I thought that this, the calibre of players we could attract, the calibre of sponsorship... Rangers were going to become a household name again after being done through the leagues. And, and it's took three seasons, but I feel as if that's where we are. If we would, would the likes of Kemar Roof and stuff, would they be at Rangers if we never had the sponsorship and the brand and the manager, the four, would the four have came to Rangers if Gerard wasn't here? So I feel as if there's obviously been low points, do you know what I mean? There's been low points in uh, the first couple of seasons and even this year. The two cup exits have been low points because, especially the St. Johnson one, that stung because, as we spoke about on the pod, you just you just thought now we had that one in feeling we were going to steamroller that and go on and lift two trophies this year. Um, so the, the low points, and, and he touched on it himself, is definitely what cup runs. What The cup runs have yeah. been shocking. But um, would you have took no cups at but 55 in a three-year period? I, think I would have at the start, do you know what I mean? So... I, it's mad to think it's been three years, but for the last two years, we've started dominating old forum games. We've started, you could really see that there was a footprint being embedded in the team and that every year we've upped it and upped it and upped the players. And, and it's what we're talking about, isn't it? If we do the same again this year, we'll go to another level and keep moving because that's that's where the other team in Scotland went wrong. Do you know what I mean? They got to the top and then just wanted to coast it. I feel as if Gerard's the kind of guy who's going to keep pushing and pushing and striving for better. Was there a, like, a particular game at any point when Gerard came in that you guys thought, I can see the kind of light at the end of the tunnel, I can see where we're trying to go with this team? Was there a moment in those three years that really stands out to you in particular? Last last season, the first uh, the first couple of fun games of last season, I remember saying to my dad, um, we're no far off Celtic, and he used to say, no, we're miles off them. We were maybe, it was similar to this season, wasn't it? They were taking points off us, or we were dominating games, and they were going to part and score them, or we weren't finishing, or missing chances, or Morelos getting sent off. Or, there was a lot of, but the old firm games, especially last season, definitely showed me that we weren't as far behind as folk thought, and, and, it, and it's came to pass this year. Stevie, what about yourself? What were the the kind of, kind of lower moments, what's been the higher moments and what were the kind of game or games that really made you believe in Stephen Gerrard as manager of Rangers? Um, like what Ross is saying there, there has been a couple of low points in there. I don't remember what season it was specifically, but I remember the 1-0 defeat against Hamilton. Where was that last year? Uh, at home at Ibrox, that's when oh, games yeah. made a mistake. That was a low in. Hearts away in the cup was a low there was Aberdeen. I don't want to buy him off, but I remember we could beat Aberdeen in the, <laughs> the, the, the semi-final and others. There's been a few low points in there, but 
it's what I loved about Gerard and since he's came on, he's happy to take that responsibility on. He's a guy who just stands up now and says, I'll take this responsibility. And you can see it's funny because from afar, we've probably all seen Gerard sort of play and watched him as how he's came off and you go, that's he's obviously some player, but it's not until he's in he's in your club and you like the way he handles himself and the way he talks and you go, you can understand why Liverpool fans adore him because He's a leader of men, and he just he takes a team on, and he's willing to take that responsibility and say we'll take any challenge. And you could just see that starting to seep into the team because probably before him, and it's maybe hard to say, is we were a bit intimidated by challenges. I feel it's coming from our side of the city, and and he was he was a big enough and strong enough to come in and say, "No, we'll take this challenge on." I remember his first what was his first team was let's go. It was like there was no fear in him, and that just started to flow into the team, and to see that sort of manifest itself in games and like standing up in the European games was just it was outstanding because you felt like there's the Rangers that you remember sort of thing and yeah. and what he'd done in Europe was, was huge for us and it's helped us put, kick on so much and I know people say like Gerrard's won the league in three years but if you really think about it in my opinion he built a team after in his, in his second season he built a team that was good enough to win the league and we dropped off after Christmas and that's what killed us but but the game that really showed it for me was that the, the game at Parkhead when we won 2 1 at Christmas last year. Is that I can't remember the specifics, but I'm sure we were going in that a couple of points behind with them having a game in hand. And it was people were saying the leagues, if we don't win this, the leagues will be over. And he went there, and there was all the pressure was on, and his team turned up and won that day. And that taught me that even though there was a drop off after Christmas, he's built a team that's good enough to not only win the league technically on the part, but also mentally off it. And, well, for that, then we can't thank him enough. And it's, it's great to see, I know I'm going on, but it's great to see a guy like who's grew into that role. And all he's like, he's you can see him learning off it. You can see he's yeah. like, like he's talked about, he's like, I can't get so low and, and when we're losing because it's going to happen. So we're very lucky to have him. Have him. And I think whoever was the first guy, he was at, uh, the old director of football, he said, uh, I think we should maybe give Gerard a go. And how it was him who's put his name forward. He's, he was a master stroke in the end. Scott, what about yourself, mate? What are the kind of high points, the low points, and what were the games that really stood out to you in the last three years? The the game, what I realised he can get his places was 3-1 against Rapid Vienna at Abrooks. First win in Europe. We get, I think we went 1-0 up. No, we went, we, we went 1-0 down in that yeah. game and thought, oh, well, this, isn't, this isn't our level. And then we end up winning 3-1. Dominate the game. Should Could have been more. Should have been more. And then from then on, I thought he can get his places. Yeah. Even last season, I believe one of the lower points was the cup exits to Aberdeen. And one of the things I've seen from Gerard's progression, just him as a man, I always go back to his first interview, or his first league game in charge, post-match interview against Aberdeen. Drew one each. And he goes, we were a level above Aberdeen that day. And then that's like that season, Aberdeen put us out of both cups and bees at home in the league. And Gerard's realised, because that was definitely because his team talks done from that yeah. moment onward against Aberdeen. So from that, I think Gerard's learned that he needs to be more, he needs to be more composed in his interviews. And I think we saw it again this season, because compared to winning at Celtic Park last season, so he had the celebration about, and now he's a lot more calm and composed winning games and that yeah so for me I've seen a lot of progression from him and from the team as a whole in terms of not just tactically you've seen it on this season only conceding what 12 goals at home in the, 12 goals in the league 
compared to last season when I think it was double that in lesser games. So yeah, I've seen a lot of progression from Jared and, I, and as the boys have said, just to echo, we are incredibly lucky to have him and I don't know how long, and he probably won't be here for much longer. So while he is here, just appreciate the fact that we have this man in charge of our team. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of those games to me are, are, are right up there. I think the one for me was Gerard's first season when he beat Rodgers at Ibrox when Ryan Jack scored. Mm-hmm. There was just, I don't know what it was. I remember being in the stadium because I sat next to my brother and just like the feeling in that stadium because we'd basically been beating off a Celtic time after time after time at Ibrox, especially for a couple of years. But that day walking into the stadium, there were there was a feeling that we could do it. And I know, like, when Ryan Jack scored, it was just mental. Everybody gets seemed to be all over the place. But those last five minutes seemed to drag in. But when the final whistle went, there was like a different feeling inside the stadium. I think for a lot of people, that was the moment that that, that changed a lot of people's mindsets with Gerard. Because I think, for all we want to beat, Hibs and Aberdeen and all these other teams... To be all and end all in Scotland, to win league titles, you need to beat Celtic, especially yeah. Ibrox. That's one of the pivotal things in a league season. For me, that was huge. I think the, I think the low points again, yeah, I think the cup competitions have been disappointing. I think in Europe we've we've exceeded any expectations of anybody. I mean, I didn't think we would have get to three straight group stages in the Europa League. I mean, that was never even in my thought, especially not that first season. You know, because after kind of you know going to Luxembourg the season before and sitting inside that stadium and watching us getting beat, I don't think I've ever felt lower as a Rangers fan. And I know that might seem hard to believe given where we've been, but going to Luxembourg and losing two 0 was was very low. Sitting in the airport waiting to come back home was pretty bad. I've never seen as many people so quiet because normally we're all quite chirpy, especially once we've had a few beers in us. But the place was just silent. And there was just nothing that you could say that would improve the mood. So when Gerard, you know, took over and he's done like the magic work over the last three years, there's just there's just so much that you could talk about. You could probably talk about him all night, to be honest. I think that's fairly clear with all of us. But just a a quick question for each one of the three of you then. This season, when you look at Gerard, what is the difference from this season to last season? And is there one game this season that you think has tipped us over the edge for winning the league title? We'll come to you first, Ross. Scotty touched on it there. Gerard himself. Um, I, I thought the first two seasons, the way he celebrated uh, old firm results and that, he was like one of the boys. Uh, this season, uh, it's been a lot more composed. Less. What he's realised for me is that no. You can win games all you want up until Christmas, but if you drop off at any point, so it's been that solid focus. Um, so he's maturing, Scott, Scott says, he, he's maturing as a manager. He's obviously learning from his mistakes, which is a big a big thing for a young manager to be able to look back on himself and analyse where he went wrong and then go on and improve that. Um, but for me this season, it's a... It's the old firm game where we beat them without a shot on target. Do you know what I mean? They, they gave us their best that day, and we had it 10 that never really showed up. And McGregor single handedly won us the points that day. Um, yeah. At that point, 
I think that I think that's the result that broke them. What were we eight or nine points ahead going into that game? They hadn't been to Dubai yet. Um, if they had won that game and took it down to kind of six points or whatever it was, they're right back in. What happened instead is we go, we beat them. They go on an extra three points behind us, and then they go to Dubai with their tails between their legs, and they go across there and end up essentially drinking their sorrows and having to use that to try and build their team back up get a bit of camaraderie about the team. And then, obviously, we, we all know that they came back for there and, and dropped another four points rapidly. So, for me, the catalyst for them falling apart the season was that performance by Alan McGregor to win us that game. Um, that, that's when I really... That's what I think killed killed the league, that performance. They gave... They had 11 people on top of their game and we had one and we still beat them without a shot on target. That just killed them. Stevie, what about you, mate? Was there a game this season that you felt was more important than maybe another in terms of the actual final result? Um, there's probably a few. The first one I remember for the start of the season, and I don't know if it was about six or seven games in, I remember we started really well and then we went to Kelly away and Tavernier scored the penalty, make it 1-0 win. Yeah. And I remember that was one of the first games I was thinking in the previous seasons, this is right where we have slipped up, but we didn't seem to slip up this year. And I was like, maybe they've, maybe they've learned the lessons of the years going by of like, there isn't, like Ross is similar saying, there's there's no glory in winning that one-off game at Parkhead away or yeah. doing well for half a season. It, it really is irrelevant unless you've got a trophy in the bag. And I think we've been quite, I don't remember another team where we've had, the, well, Rangers, we've been a Rangers fan, we've been able to watch a team sort of mature and progress over so many seasons. I remember maybe before you'd, the big investment in the summer and you'd come in, you'd win a, a league or something. But this is you've actually watched a team grow and I think that's probably where they've learned that um, that that's the case and you have to just grind out the results. And I think the other game that really cemented it for me was the probably, everyone will probably maybe say is the Motherwell game. Mm, and it was yeah. and it was that off the back of St Mirren as yeah, well. Yeah, that was off the cup defeat, yeah. And it was like, because you just know that the the, paper, the headlines would have wrote themselves after that game if we dropped points, and it was a massive, massive game. And it just, the, the biggest thing it changed was the steeliness of the team at, at this season. I think that's where it is. The quality, for me, I, I would say Gerard built a team that was good enough to win the league last year, but the mentality that's been, wherever it's came from, Gerard or losing or whatever it is, has probably been the massive thing for us this year. And, and, I, and it's also probably going to be the massive thing for us going forward if we can keep the core of this team together. Scott, what about yourself, mate? Do you have any other games that stand out, or is it basically the same ones that Ross and Stephen said? Oh, uh, Stephen stole my answer. The mother. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the one. The first, I think starting the season well is always key, and going yeah. away to Petodre first game of the mm. season probably doesn't get much harder. I'm able to grind out a one-nil win away at Petodre first game of the season is probably one of the big, bigger away wins you can get, yeah. and to kick off the season winning. That game, I think it just set the season going, and then after that, then I don't was it six games went without conceding, or we drew with Hibs, something like that. So I I'll go uh, first game of the season, and then probably the another one was just before we won the league. I lost in the last minute. Yeah. After after you get booked for diving, incorrectly booked for diving, and then now it was now now, and then we thought, and just managed to pop up in the last minute, and win is. I think that game won as a league personally rather than the St. Mon game or them going at Tanadix. I think it was that game that realised we'll win the league this weekend. No, I think all of those games are fair. I think for me, the game against Celtic was was massive mentally 
because as Ross says, if they'd won that game and then going to Dubai, it would have been interesting to see like the sort of reaction that we had to that. Whereas the fact that we'd managed to win that game, even though we didn't play particularly well, to be honest with you, I think that was a massive, massive moment. And I also think for a lot of supporters, that we run in January, where we managed to get, was it like the three or four wins before we drew against Mullerwell, I think it was. Yeah. I think we beat Aberdeen and we beat Hibs, I think it was. I think those were important moments in our season, like Hages, you know, scoring the one at Ibrooks, you know, the 2-1 victory at Pataudry. I think those were big moments because in previous Januaries, I think to be perfectly honest with you, our arse collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas when we went to Pataudry and won 2-1, that was a big moment. And then he beat Hibs at Ibrooks 1-0. Yeah, again, it wasn't a great performance, but we won. Yep. And these three moments were just pushing us further and further away from Celtic because, as Ross stated, when they come back, they obviously drew, I think, like two games in the shot. Was it three games in the shot they drew? Two, wasn't it? The two, yeah. they were half a team. Yeah, so, I mean, that was like a massive point in our season. And obviously the final dagger was obviously, you know, the last win um, in the league, which was a great feeling. I know people talk about, you know, the league was over by that point, but I... I'm a great believer in, see when you've got a team down, like you just go for them again. And I think that last league defeat will hurt a lot of those Celtic players. And it'll be interesting to see how many of those guys are actually back next season. I think we'll see a lot of changes because I think as you saw with Gerard done when he came in, he's trying to change the mentality and he's brought in a lot of guys that had never really seen us lose to Celtic. And I think that's a big mental thing now. We've won whatever that is, like five out of the last six old firm games. Yep. For a lot of those guys on the other side of town now, it's a big mental thing. And I think that's where we need to just keep moving forward massively. And I want to see us undefeated now. We've got to 36 games. Let's get the final two out of the way. Yep. Let's go undefeated. For me, that would be incredible. A truly incredible achievement. And a very special one to finish off Gerard's three years in charge. Right, guys, thanks very much. Really appreciate you all tuning into the pod. It's obviously not as much this week because there's not been as much to talk about football-wise. We obviously don't play now until next week against Livingston and then we finish up against Aberdeen. So we'll get a wee preview pod sorted out for the Livingston game. And if you keep an eye out, we've got an exclusive interview coming up with James Maxwell for the academy talking about his, his loan spell at Queen of the South and how we ended up signing for Rangers. So keep a wee eye out for that as well. Thanks very much for tuning in and we'll speak to you all soon. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.